0: From recruiting and consulting firm RiderFlex, I'm your host, Steve Urban, and here is your RiderFlex podcast episode of the day. And on today's episode of the RiderFlex podcast, unless you're funded early on by some big investor, entrepreneurs are 100% commission. If you're scared of 100% commission work, you probably won't make it in startup. In fact, I'd encourage anyone thinking about starting a business to first try a commission job. Prove to yourself that you can truly eat what you kill. Try living a life every day for a while where you don't get paid unless you go out and create business, land clients, produce products. Get used to managing an uneven personal cash flow at home. Feel what it's like to have no income for 90 days and stretch your bills until checks hit the bank learn how to live a scary, somewhat unstable financial life. Because unless you're funded right away by some big investor with a bunch of cash, that's what it's going to feel like, scary and unstable. I had a person reach out to me recently, said he wanted to be in startup and was really excited about the entrepreneurial life. He then proceeded to tell me he couldn't work commission and had to have a steady paycheck right away. (laughs) Pretty funny, right? some people want the rewards that startup entrepreneurial life can sometimes bring, but they won't take the risks or make the sacrifices to get there. So next time you're thinking about starting your own business, ask yourself if you're ready for 100% commission work, because that's what it'll be. (laughs) And there is your Rider Flex tip of the day. If you think today's tip or guest interview can help someone, you know, please share this with them. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to our channel and hit the like button. The RiderFlex podcast features entrepreneurs, business executives, and the stories behind how they got there, as well as daily tips on career advice and job interviewing. You can visit riderflex.com to learn more about us and get information and pricing on the recruiting and consulting services we provide. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day. From recruiting and consulting firm Ryderflex, I'm your host, Steve Urban, and here is your Ryderflex podcast episode of the day. Christine tai Wei on the Ryderflex podcast today. Good morning, Christine. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you, Steve? Very nice to meet you. Thank you for being on the show. I appreciate it.
1: Nice meeting you as well. Thank you for having me.
0: <laughs> Before we get into Therapeasy, um, which I love the name, by the way, cool. Cool name. Before we get into it, tell us about you personally. Give us, give us the, you know, the personal overview for Christine. Family, where she grew up, college,
1: you know, stuff like that. Awesome. Um, so I am actually a Colorado native, um, born and raised in Colorado. Uh, went to high school here, college at CU Boulder. Um, my family um, actually immigrated here from. Vietnam, although they're Chinese by heritage, um, and they came during the Vietnam War. They were refugees in the war and actually Ah. landed here in Colorado. Um, You know, just a quick little backstory. Grandpa, grandpa, who I admire a lot, still here in Colorado, grandpa and grandma, but grandpa, second grade education, had moved from China to Vietnam, built an entire, like, Empire, or I should say, like an entire business um, around supply chain management and tool uh, refurbishment, and mm. then lost everything in the war. Oh, man. And so, oh, wow. he then, he then um, I mean, he was an orphan at a really young age and mm. um, basically moved from Vietnam to China in his teens you know, kind of just, it's a really inspiring story. He basically like kind of inched towards entrepreneurship over time. So I, I like to think of, you know, entrepreneurship as being something in my family, um, lost everything in the war, moved to Colorado, um, during the war with my parents or my mom at the time and the rest of the family and, you know, started working in the back of, you know, in kitchens of restaurants and, Over the course of 30 years in Colorado, he basically ended up being the owner of two restaurants, so kind of built his way back and uh, retired. And so um, lots of entrepreneurship in my family. Um, I actually studied finance and physiology at CU Boulder. Really thought I was going into pre med, <laughs> um, but would faint at the sight or, or thought of blood. <laughs> so, re- quickly realized you know, although I had such a passion for healthcare and for science, it probably wasn't the best fit. Um, okay. So, picked up the finance degree and started off my career in finance, actually, um, working at Goldman Sachs. Okay. And um, did that for a couple of years, but really still always had that itch to get into healthcare. And so over time, I actually got into consulting, did a little bit of IT consulting work and found a niche of consulting within Kaiser Permanente, um, okay. which finally positioned me in a healthcare, in the healthcare world, um, but from a business standpoint.
0: Mm. Okay, very good. By the way, can I go back just for a second? What'd your folks yeah. do? So I got the grandpa story, what your mom and dad do? Do they
1: work in the family business in the restaurants? So mom actually works long time, um, a long time career with uh, insurance doing call okay. center work. She learned English when she moved to Colorado and then um, landed a call center job and has just kind of been um, working in that world for a while. My dad owns a restaurant as well. Cool. So after, after grandpa retired, um, you know, this next generation of uncles, aunts, and my dad they own a couple of restaurants in Colorado as well.
0: Your grandpa is still alive and still lives in Colorado. Yep. Man, I bet he would be, I would love to sit down with him. Uh, and I bet he's just fascinating to talk to.
1: He is fascinating. He doesn't speak English, unfortunately. Oh,
0: okay. Okay. But, but still, but still.
1: <laughs> yes, he is amazing. Steve. I actually, I very rarely have the opportunity to, you know, kind of, talk backwards to where I come from, my family um, history, but grandpa has a really special place in my heart. And I, you know, at some point I want to sit down and write down his story because it's just so remarkable how many times he's just kind of gotten back up when you Mm -hmm. talk to him about it. He's just incredibly humble. He's like, this is the story of everybody in my generation. Like it's why would you write a story about it? It's not special.
0: yeah (laughs) Yeah, it is too (laughs) is he mid what mid-80s he's mid-80s yes you know isn't it it's interesting anybody in their mid-80s to early 90s like those are really special people they they just went through they've been through so much right I mean when you really look at everything they've been through I just have so much respect for anybody in that era right um and you talk to them and then, and, then, and then you meet a 20 year old today that like complains about stuff and you're, <laughs> <laughs> you're thinking, you know, like, please, right. uh, why don't you go talk to Christine's dad and then tell me you got it rough. Right, uh, right, you know, um, I okay. I mean, very- e-
1: even during the pandemic um, recently, you know, last year yeah. he's been at home the whole time um, with my grandmother, yeah. but their resilience is just, it's just so different. They're like, it's okay. Like, this is what we have to do right now. And no complaints.
0: <laughs> you know, I, I, where I live, I had a lady that lived next door to us and she was 92 years old. And so she came up through the depression and all that stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And one time my wife had thrown some curtains out, some old curtains and we had put them out in the alley um, to be picked up. And, and, she found those curtains back there and she brought them around to the front of the house. She's knocking on the front of the door. And I opened the door and she's standing there a little 92 year old, 90 pound <laughs> lady. And she's holding these curtains. And she said, somebody threw these curtains away. I, can you believe, why would somebody throw these away? I, I found them out back. Do you know who threw these away? And And that really had an effect on me. I thought to myself, you know, that is the mindset of that generation, right? Like this totally. completely different mindset. Um, and I said, Vera, I said, you're right. I don't know why somebody threw away. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Okay, very special. I appreciate you sharing that story with me uh, about your grandfather. Okay, so back to your career timeline. Now, wh- how? Where did the? Where did the health interest? Where, where did that come from? What, what, what sparked you kind of, I know you got into finance and you were an analyst and everything, but you always kind of had the health interest in the back. where did that come from?
1: Um, actually, probably kind of stems back from my grandparents because as I mentioned, they don't speak English. And so yeah. growing up, right. I was always part caretaker, helping them go to the doctor's office and so okay. I think you know, just really from a young age, in high school, middle school, I started to develop this interest in science and in healthcare, helping people. I also feel like whenever somebody is dealing with a health issue, I feel like it's kind of their most vulnerable, you know, mm-hmm. s- state. And so mm-hmm. um, I just really, I just really am uh, inspired by the people who are there to support them during that difficult time. And I, you know, I've been blessed to um, receive really great support from nurses when I was going through surgeries and, you know, difficult times as well. And I just, I just think that like the level of compassion that you feel from a healthcare worker during that time, just can make or break your experience. Mm. You know, it's just as like a, a pat on the shoulder or, or just, you know, saying something positive or cheering you on, it like means so much. And so I think I've just always had an affinity for that work. Um, But, you know, just (laughs) funny story in college, I had, I actually picked physiology as my major. So I got all the way to anatomy lab and just could not do it. I finished (laughs) it. I finished it. It took me three tries, but I finished (laughs) the anatomy lab, (laughs) but Uh. I think i think the fear is beyond me in terms of just like blood and other things I, yeah i get i get faint
0: <laughs> yeah i couldn't do it i couldn't do it now Ugh, yeah um okay and then and then at some point while you're at kaiser talk yes. to me how you start to ease into the entrepreneurial journey of therapyy walk us through a little bit of the, the early stage and some of the transition go ahead
1: yeah. Um, so I worked at Kaiser Permanente and I actually still work at Kaiser Permanente. I'm, uh, I'm doing a, a two job kind of mm-hmm. life living a two right. job life right now. But, um, at Kaiser, I met, um, a physician named Dr. Katie Richardson, who's one of my co-founders for Therapezy. Ah. Um, at the time, you know, I was exploring entrepreneurship because I was pursuing an MBA in entrepreneurship and bioinnovation. Okay. Um, had an affinity for innovation and startup, didn't quite have the idea just yet, but knew that eventually maybe I might pivot from a large organization to a smaller startup type of organization, a younger organization, just because I really enjoy that energy and the innovation behind um, new ideas. And so, and also like, I personally love um, the execution piece of bringing something to life. And so even within like Kaiser and my other, you know, my other jobs previously, that was really always my sweet spot was getting a project that was pretty ambiguous and bringing it to life. So um, anyhow, met Dr. Katie Richardson. We kind of started talking about entrepreneurship. She was a physician, pediatrician. Um, Also very, very entrepreneurial, but had not really made the leap into something yet. She was still seeing patients. Um, But really what stemmed the idea behind Therapezi was my personal experience going through the mental health, you know, kind of system and finding a therapist. Okay. So um, actually about eight years ago, I went through an unexpected Pretty traumatic surgery, um, just totally unexpected. Was feeling fine one day, didn't feel so well the next day. Went into the hospital and realized I need to be I needed to be admitted for surgery. Wow! So um, threw me for a loop. You know, I was in my All early twenties. Right. Like, oh my gosh, I thought I was invincible. Um, the surgery actually took, you know, unfortunately, like six weeks to really recover from, and so <sighs> it was pretty intense. Um, and because of that. I think also just an unexpected nature of it started to develop like anxiety around Mm -hmm. health like hey how do I really know if I am okay right (laughs) Uh, you know little anxieties about this and that and um, after my recovery was when I realized I, I should probably talk to somebody because I was very hypersensitive to just every little thing I was feeling on my yep. body could it be right. something wrong right
0: right. yep yeah every time you had every time you woke up with a new pain you're like oh my god it's something else yep totally get yep it.
1: are my grandparents okay are my parents okay is everything okay like just this mm-hmm. anxiety that was really stemmed from that experience so started to look for a therapist had never seen a therapist before but realized at in that moment I needed to talk to somebody um yep. this is not my normal <laughs> kind of response and so so um, at the time, went through my insurance network, found a long list of therapists. Um, you really just have to kind of trial and error, trial and error, and call people to see who's right. taking new patients. Right. Got connected with somebody. Um, realized it wasn't a good fit maybe after the second or third session, and it just she was bringing more. She was bringing up more of the trauma, but not not. Really helping me resolve it either, okay, okay. and maybe maybe I was too quick to respond, but I I didn't feel a strong connection to her basically. Got you. Yeah. So I you know found a way to say hey I think I'm all better <laughs> I think I'm gonna go you know I think I'm all better now I don't think we need to schedule another appointment because each session you're essentially paying out of pocket you know a copayment or something so it was costly yeah. as well. Right. So, um, you know, I just kept doing this on and off, you know, I would go years without seeing anybody and then something really traumatic would happen in my life again and trigger me. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I'm having a panic attack. I need to talk to somebody. So went through, you know, online directories, went through my EAP, every avenue I've probably explored. So over the last five years, I've had like eight different therapists and each time I kind of call myself like a ther- therapy dropout.
0: <laughs> every, <laughs>
1: every time it doesn't go well, and I'm like, oh, you know, we really don't have a connection or I don't feel like I'm getting the support I need, I would stop and, and kind of deem myself as I'm fine for now until something else triggered me. Mm. So the positive side of the story is, uh, you know, the last few years, I've been actually working with the same therapist. So I um, found okay. her, you know, three or four years ago, um, great fit, like talking to a close friend. Um, so we've been meeting, you know, really consistently and I, you know, definitely firsthand have seen the impact that it has on my anxiety, you know, just in terms of the balance that I normally have when nothing is triggering me is Mm -hmm. totally different. So because of that experience, I'm like, Hey, I wonder, you know, back to Dr. Katie Richardson, I was talking with her and and just casually said, talked about my mental health experience. And I said, you know, I just thought, I just think that maybe in mental health more than in other service areas and healthcare, that connection, that spark probably means something. Like it probably has, oh, yep. Yep. yeah, it probably impacts the outcomes that you might have. And she was like, totally shared her personal story with finding the perfect therapist. And that's honestly, Steve, like how it kind of sparked was like, whoa, to me, like, I'm like a pediatrician had the same experience. She, she sees this idea as viable. We, um, I reached out to, you know, one of my friends who's really into entrepreneurship, John Just, who's the third co-founder of TherapyZ. Okay. Okay. And he jumped on board and the three of us just started to research this idea three years ago. Um, and basically we did consumer surveys, focus groups, um, looked at clinical studies to see, are we onto something like, is there really such a thing as like a strong provider and patient fit Mm -hmm. or, you know, are we making this up and it's not a real problem? Um, but all of, you know, the surveys that we did and the focus groups we did with therapists also confirmed there is such a thing like, yeah, I have an ideal client therapist would say that I tend to have most success with. Gotcha. And then patients are like, well, yeah, these are the factors, you know, that matter to me when I'm looking for a therapist. So we designed this e-harmony, we like to say for therapy um, called Therapeasy, um, which is just a quick and easy way to match to your most compatible therapist when you're ready to seek care.
0: I love the idea. Um, so now let's do this. I want to come back to, um, the health scares that people have that send them into worry and depression. I want to talk a lot more about that, but first give me the, give me the overview of therapy therapy as it stands today. Give us the three minute elevator pitch as it is today. Go for it.
1: All right, as it is today, TherapyZ, like I said, is the eHarmony for therapy. Um, We are only in Colorado right now, but we have over 140 providers on the site. So we just launched last May. We have 140 providers on the site. We've facilitated over 800 matches since last May. Wow, cool. Um, Yeah, and so basically how it works, if you were looking for therapy, you would go through a quick survey on our site, very easy, kind of get to know who you are, what you're looking for, what your preferences are in a therapist. And it actually shows you kind of like dating sites, shows you your top three compatible matches. So you can go in and click into their profiles and learn more about that therapist. Um, You're actually able to initiate a chat with them Okay. on our site just so you can explore the fit a little bit better before committing to scheduling your first appointment
0: video chat or written chat or what is that what does that mean? Uh, like?
1: just a messaging system two-way messaging, messaging
0: system Yep. Yeah. okay okay does it cost
1: uh free for uh, free for everyone to use to find a provider
0: well how do you make money what's the business model <laughs> so
1: it's a subscription model um on the therapist side because we are finding quality leads for them um, so it's a really affordable rate, you know, we actually, actually all of last year during the pandemic, we made the decision to make it free on both ends. So we're actually still pre-revenue technically right now. Um, okay. we wanted to onboard as many providers as possible during the pandemic, you know, and just be able to help people find a therapist during that time. Um, so we wanted to grow that base as strong as we, as strong as possible, Um, this year we're launching a new version that has more features and dashboard and reporting for the provider. So really some features that the providers will find helpful um, as they manage their leads through the system. Uh, And so we are turning on the subscription model in February, actually.
0: Love that idea. So basically what you did was you you got your proof of concept, you got some users, you got some traction, you got some reviews. You got everybody on both sides liking it, no cost. And then you make the functionality even better and add some more features and go back to your doctors and you say, hey, look, for your therapist, you go back to them and say, you know, would love to continue to provide you with this awesome tool you have, but you it's going to cost a little bit of money now, which if they really love it and it's generated extra clients for them, they're probably going to just be willing to sign on, I guess, right?
1: Yeah, and we we do anticipate. I mean, it breaks my heart a little bit <laughs> because it's like my baby, but we do anticipate a few therapists sure. like probably yep. not continuing the service. Yep. Um, yep. and mostly yep. because um, you know, it's actually mental health professionals. We are we're in such a shortage. And so most therapists that I talk to day to day, their panels are completely full. Like they oh. don't have the capacity okay. to take on new clients. Okay. Okay. So well. they, they may oh. remove the profile once um, we start charging.
0: Okay, but still, you'll gain some. You'll gain some clients out of it. So pre-revenue. So you guys bootstrapped this thing, um, yeah. the three of you. Now that's you. You were you were all able to do that because you all have other jobs, right? So that's how you 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 did this on nights and weekends, etc.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lots of <laughs> nights and weekends, and also um, John just actually one of my co-founders he quit his job last February, his full-time job, and he took the, took the dive in full-time. Poor guy, unexpectedly, the pandemic happened, and so we were, I mean, we were really expecting to, like, at least be working in the same room, (laughs) Um, and so he ended up being at home a lot more than he wanted, which I think he would say is a drawback, but he, I think it also was very helpful for him to be so hands-on operationally as things were like getting launched. Um, and so, yeah, we are we're all juggling like some side things. Like Dr. Richardson has several contract or you know contract positions on the side. Um, but yes, bootstrap till this point. But we'll definitely need help as we think about expanding.
0: Was the bootstrap from a finance perspective, were you having to, did you guys all three put in money to pay some software engineers or some developers to get to get the website up and some, some, some coding done or what, what'd you do?
1: Yeah, so the bootstrapping so far is primarily development and advertising. Okay. Advertising is so expensive. <laughs> so that
0: anyway.
1: that is a learning from 2020 as we launched was um, tra- attracting traffic from the, although it's a free service, attracting yeah. traffic from patients who are seeking care is actually mm-hmm. pretty costly from an advertising mm-hmm. perspective. Um, and then the bulk of the bootstrapping has been the development of the tool.
0: Yep. Is it an app or just a website or what, what's the deal?
1: It's a website. It's mobile capable. It's not okay. an app right now. Just right now, the functionality is just the match. But as we kind of expand functionality to after you match, can we provide you with some tools and some ongoing things that would help you in your therapy? Then maybe we'll explore making it um, an app.
0: Okay. Uh, and so and you haven't taken on any cash. Are you, um, you going to wait till you get some revenue going before you try to like raise some capital? Or what's the
1: plan? We're open to both. <laughs> we are, <laughs> I mean, this, th- this year we are like I said, flipping to the subscription model. So hoping some revenue will start rolling in and that'll help with ongoing development and advertising. Definitely not looking to pay ourselves yet for a while until this thing actually kind of gets some momentum. Um, But at the same time, we're also exploring, you know, grants or any other modes of like capital funding. Um, We're we're a little bit, you know, um, new to this as well, all three of us. Yeah, so yeah. from the capital front, I think we're still kind of learning as we go.
0: Do you have a pitch deck for angels already? If you have, you been on any angel meetings where you're asking wealthy people to write you a check? Have you done any of that yet?
1: I have not had the privilege to meet with <laughs> angel investors, but I do have a pitch deck. I did um, Denver Startup Week this this year, and ah, we were okay. we were one of the finalists in the pitch competition.
0: Oh, so cool. All right. Very so well. that was
1: really fun. We pitched two nights, um, I, we made it to the finals. We didn't win, unfortunately, but there was prize money and that that would have helped, but um, it was a great experience. I would definitely be open to pitching more.
0: <laughs> great experience for you. How did you decide between the three that you were gonna be the CEO and how did that come about? What, what's and what are the other two? What is their functionality in the business?
1: Yeah, so um, we, because we have had like three years working on the project before it was actually being developed or, mm-hmm. and the tool was launched, we've mm-hmm. had some familiarity with everybody's strengths. Um, and so gotcha. we had talked about it. I've always been really like the storyteller, the spokesperson, um, really kind of driving sales as well. And okay. so um, in some ways they're, you know, like it kind of, the fit was there to, I guess, be the spokesperson, the CEO, and also, you um, I think I just have a very ambitious vision for what this thing could be, which helps to kind of drive the motivation and the inspiration for it. Uh, Dr. Katie Richardson, she's an awesome, awesome pediatrician, but also just like a huge advocate of entrepreneurs in Colorado. So if you you know an entrepreneur in healthcare, they've probably heard of Dr. Richardson because she's given advice at some point. Um, so she actually is our head of provider um, experience. So she's been really working with the therapists to understand what their experience has been. Um, that's where we've been pulling feedback um, to know what are the new features that would, be, that would be suitable and desirable to the providers to roll out in this next phase she's been kind of nurturing our providers um and she also is just because of how well networked she is she's been connecting us with provider networks all things providers you know really getting us um in front of networks and potential partners um and then john data whiz um he calls himself Ah. a data a self-proclaimed data nerd he says okay um but now that I've worked with him a lot more closely, he's definitely very, very talented at data analysis. Can do all kinds of things with data and and um, really derive the meaning of what it's like trying to tell us, right? Where, where should we? How should we make the decisions from what we're seeing? So he's been kind of uh, head of product kind of keeping task um, of our development and what's coming live. What what do we need to prioritize? What do we need to scale back on? Helping us kind of work with the developers. But also really like, you know, everything from like developing our user database to um, looking at our finances. He has a really rich healthcare finance background. He's worked in hospitals for like I see. the last 10, 15 years. So he's like, finance data product um he's like the heart (laughs) of the operations.
0: okay very good what do you guys do when you disagree what do you like take a vote because
1: there's three of you or what how does that work uh you know we we work really well together we rarely disagree but yes it does help that we're three because (laughs)
0: it's
1: it's very um sometimes two of us can persuade the other one
0: (laughs) right and
1: so so that's you know it makes it easier <laughs> any
0: competition do you worry and uh, do you worry about that what what does the landscape look like there
1: yeah so there are comp- um competitors out there there's actually you know over the last year steve we've seen so many new like matching type of um mm. organizations pop up so also startups as well um but i think that everybody is emphasizing or focusing on something a little bit different like we came okay. across one that emphasizes on getting millennials therapy. Oh. And so they're recruiting therapists that have, um, have a specialty or you know, have a, a specialty in working with millennials for people mm-hmm. of that generation. So that's their emphasis. Uh, we came across another one that a very neat, you know, they are all about connecting um, people of color to therapists of color. are basically looking a looking for a therapist of the same background um or identity uh Mm -hmm. for relatability but then that's their niche you know and so I think for us like we are we're more about like where do you start like no matter regardless of who you are where can you start if you are looking for therapy um and regardless of whether you have insurance or not you know and all these other parameters: your availability, your location, your communication style, what you're dealing with. Can we be like a starting place to help you at least get you know your top compatible providers, and you you have a place to start and reach out to somebody. Okay. So um, I think I think there's still enough like you know differentiation there. Um, even though there are a lot of players in this space, there's some really established players. Um, in Colorado, for example, where their networks. So Mm. a provider actually signs on to be a part of their network, and then they match them to clients. But what that means from a provider standpoint is you give up a, you know, a little bit of your compensation, because you're now a part of their network, and they collect payment before they pay the provider. Um, okay. And so we, we really kind of think of ourselves as like a no strings attached type of model. We're like subscription based month to month. And okay. so if that, at any given point, the provider's like, Hey, like I am, I mm-hmm. don't have capacity anymore. They can just unsubscribe. Okay. Um, very good.
0: Yeah. What happens when your boss at kaiser like like starts worrying that you do you're you're like what's christine what's christine working on this week she's spending too much time on therapy she's not she's you know do you you worry about that well talk to me
1: yeah i actually disclosed to my bosses at kaiser um last year you know i was about to launch this and i'm like hey it's moving from kind of a passion project to there's going to be exposure. I'm going to be posting on LinkedIn about this. Right, right. <laughs> I'm yeah, going to be exactly. talking about this. Uh-huh. And even if it's like, you know, at odd hours of the day or whatever, I'm going to be at least advocating about this. So I, I disclose to them, they're aware of it. They They don't see a conflict of interest right now. They're like, unless you like are selling to Kaiser at some point, then there would be a direct conflict gotcha. of interest. But right now, as long as, you know, I'm kind of staying on top of my work which I am, um, there's not really kind of a conflict until until they see otherwise, of course, Steve. Like definitely, like sometimes I'm like, I'm working at like all times of the day, you know, all at right. some point, I hope that I'm not dropping a ball for either, right? Um, yeah. But it's really helpful that right now we, we, you know, there's three of us. And so if I can't make it to something because I'm working, like, somebody else can take it. And so it's nice that there's three founders of Therapezy that can kind of div, divide and conquer.
0: Okay. Very good. Uh, real quick. You know, I want to talk about uh, your experience with uh, you know, finding a therapist yourself and going through some of the things you went through, which I really appreciate you yeah. sharing, you know, but it's, it's brave of you to share your own struggles. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Um, took a long you know, time.
0: So many people are scared to share that, you know, I, myself, you know, I don't know, I think it's more, I think it's more common for people over 50, every time you wake up with a new pain somewhere, Uh. your mind starts drifting to, you know, big stuff, right? It's cancer, it's this, it's that. It's, you know, because as you get older, you know, people that have had stuff happen to them. And so then every time you have a new pain, you know, you're starting to drift a little bit mentally around that, at least, or at least I have, I know it's it definitely affected me the last three years a lot more. I mean, I never, I never, when I was in my thirties and forties, if I had a new pain or whatever, I never, I never even thought that about, you know, quote, bigger things could be wrong with me. I mean, it never even right. crossed my mind. Right uh now and now that i'm in, now that i'm in my mid 50s you know every time i got a new pain i'm i'm thinking oh my gosh this this what is this <laughs> which leads to which leads to you know anxiety and and some other things that you talked about um right. so so i appreciate you sharing your story i think more people i think more people have this happening to them than then uh, they want to admit, and probably even more of them need therapy. Um, and I also think men in general uh, stay away from admitting this because you know they got the whole John Wayne uh, um, <laughs> thing going on in their heads, like I'm too tough for that, you know, or whatever. Uh, uh, and so I think it's a. My point is, my point is, I think it's a great tool. And I think more people need to realize that they probably do need help. I also think you're right. Uh, you know, as I think about the different doctors I go to, whether I'm going to my back doctor or my regular doctor or my allergy doctor, as I'm going to these different doctors, um, some of them I I kind of care if I have a personal relationship with, and some of them I don't. Right? It right. kind of depends. Right. It depends. Boy, but boy, if I was seeing a therapist, like, yeah, I would want to be emotionally connected to that person. I would need to feel an emotion, a good emotional connection to them. They couldn't just be a transactional doctor for me. Um, right. and so I that's why I think the tool you've built is super valuable. I could see that your e-harmony, right?
1: Yeah. Thank, very you. Si- Thank
0: you. Very similar to what Ryderflex does as a recruiting firm. We're all about trying to match candidate personalities to company culture, um, which is similar to what you're trying to do. You're trying to match something that it's like, hey, do I do I just do I enjoy this person's company? Do I feel safe and comfortable around them? You know, beyond their professional skill set. <laughs> uh, very good. Um, Eight hundred matches so far. Wow, yeah. I like that. I like that. <laughs> Very good. It's... Let me look here. Therapeasy, yeah, Therapeasy.co. Is that correct? Yeah,
1: that's correct.
0: Therapeasy.co is where is where you can go if you're listening to this podcast. Also, Christine Taiway is also on LinkedIn. If you want to go to LinkedIn and connect with her there, right? Is that okay for the listeners as well? Definitely. Okay. Um, anything else that you want to... Tell them regarding connecting or using the product. Anything else there on a summary for, for the listeners?
1: Um, just reiterate that it's free to use. You also, you know, don't have to commit. You can definitely just explore the profiles once you receive the connection. You know, the compatible providers. And like I said, initiate a messaging um, a message with them. A lot of providers actually offer um, free, like fifteen minute consultations over the phone too. And so they may offer that. And, you know, just thinking if it's the first time that you're seeking therapy, maybe daunting and you may still be deciding whether it's a good fit or not for what you're dealing with, there's definitely ways to ease into it. And so um, don't feel like, you know, if you're logging onto TherapyZ.co and you're searching for a therapist, you're committing to sessions every month or something like that. Um, there's ways to ease into it, to explore the fit, to explore if you're a good candidate for therapy, um, before you're actually, you know, even at your first appointment.
0: Okay. Any, um, advice for aspiring entrepreneurs listening to this podcast that have an idea, but they haven't started yet. Anything you want to tell them real quick?
1: Um, I would say find some, if, if you are energized by other people, find some rock star. Partners, <laughs> Because I, I definitely am energized by other people. And so it really gave the idea legs for me once I realized my partners were all in too, and they love the idea. And, you know, we kind of like, um, we kind of energize one another in the whole process, especially, you know, with entrepreneurship, I think this is what I'm learning now, you know, is it's going to take a while. Like it, It's not kind of an overnight right. um yeah, success story. So uh, in some of the harder times, it's really helpful to have whether it's partners in the business, or just a really great support circle around you. Um, because I think you got to ride those waves to be able to get reach that success story, which, you know, I don't know if we're there yet. But we are hoping to move in that direction.
0: Very good advice. Yeah, for the listeners, you know, please don't think, you know, oh, you're gonna You're gonna have this idea, and then you're gonna meet a co-founder, and then you're gonna roll out a product a month later, and then like some firm in California is gonna write you a five million dollar check. Like that, the reality is that that is that's not gonna happen. Okay, (laughs) yeah, I know, I know. Every once in a while, there's some ideas that get funded, and all of a sudden you have giant cash in the bank. But really, that's just not reality for most people. It is gonna take a while, so you better surround yourself with co-founders that you enjoy because there's gonna be some long nights and uh, long days and it's going to take a while to get it going so surround yourself with people you like and that complement your skill set
1: yeah i mean and that's what rider flex is all about right that is correct yep i mean i love what you guys do because i do think part of why therapy has gone so well so far is the three of us have a very strong like personality fit cultural fit yes we have similar backgrounds in terms of like our career path and so we understand each other like really right. well.
0: Um, so yes. Yeah. It or- matters. It, it really matters. Just remember you're, you're going to be hanging out with your co-founders <laughs> a lot. So, you know, if you don't just get along personally, like if you can't, like, I don't know, if you don't like telling the same jokes, if you don't have the same sense of humor, whatever, like all this stuff, it really does matter at, at, at the end of the day. It does because you're just going to be, Imagine traveling uh, across the country uh, in an automobile uh, for 36 hours with somebody like uh, you want to, you want to like ride with somebody you kind of enjoy being around don't you. Right. (laughs) Right. Um, Last question for you. If you had to define your core purpose in life. Mm. Right now, right now if you had to put that into a sentence, what does that sound like for you.
1: Boy um right now in this moment i think i consider myself a mental health advocate okay and so whether that's my work with therapy or just one-off conversations with friends i'm encouraging constantly encouraging people to check in on their mental health um i think that there's so much you mentioned it steve there's so much stigma around mental health um especially for Certain demographics, men, um, Asian Americans, uh, you know, it's not an easy topic to talk about. Yeah. Um, but I think, especially given everything that's been happening the last year, just all the different things that may be triggering or traumatic for people, um, whether that looks like talking to a therapist or not. Um, or if it's just really talking to somebody you trust and opening up about the things that you are struggling with, I think checking in on our mental health is really important. So I feel like my core purpose right now is being that soundbite, being that advocate about taking care of our mental health. I think, you know, I would never, you know, asked me 10 years ago, probably would not have anything to do with mental health, but a lot of it is because of my personal journey in this area. And it's like you said, it's, it's um, allowed me to open up more and more about my journey. And what you know, the mental health kind of struggles that I've dealt with. But I realize every time I talk about it, or share a story, whoa, there's another story, like somebody else is also experiencing something similar, or kind of in, you know, like something, um, something similar or in that in that space. And so, Thanks. Yeah, I was just gonna say, you know, one thing I recently am like thinking more and more about is like our physical health. Even if we're feeling just fine, we probably have a physical checkup at least once a year or once every few years, um, our our, our teeth. Like even if everything feels fine, I have one or two cleanings and checkups per year. You know, even something like our cars, like, if even if as everything is running fine, we bring it, we bring it in for an oil change and get everything checked out. But like wow. we rarely have that check up or check in with our mental health.
0: Wow, great point. I never thought
1: about it that way. That's an excellent point. Yeah. And very good. it's like so critical to what we do, right? Our mental health, our well-being. It's like our vitality and, and it's very rare that we check in on it. Mm. Um, so thank you for good asking point. that question. Yeah, great point.
0: (laughs) Congratulations, Christine, on everything you guys have built so far. I wish you the best of luck as things move along. Thank you. Appreciate you being on the Rider Flex podcast. If you think today's tip or guest interview can help someone you know, please share this with them. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to our channel and hit the like button. The Rider Flex podcast features entrepreneurs, business executives, and the stories behind how they got there as well as daily tips on career advice and job interviewing. You can visit riderflex.com to learn more about us and get information and pricing on the recruiting and consulting services we provide. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day.